0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Welcome to
1: Studio B, great to have you. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jerem Jordan, Spencer Linton will join us momentarily. It's great to have you with us. Excited for this week. Excited for this show. Let's give you the show lineup today. A BYU running back switches NFL teams. Who is it and which team? Eight fifteen start times for BYU football. We've had a lot of those in Independence. Will we have more of those in the Big 12? The Oklahoman with some Tom Homo comments about that and your reaction to p- potentially more eight fifteen kickoffs coming up. What's your ideal time as well? Are we overlooking South Florida? A lot of production coming back. For South Florida, Uh, are they better than we think? We'll discuss. Houston play-by-play Kevin Eschenfelder talks Cougar football ahead of the new Big 12. And Jaron Hall left off a top-20 quarterback list. Should he be on it? Let's get to some headlines. The Indianapolis Colts have signed Tyson Williams, uh, who averaged 5.3 yards per carry last year for the Ravens on 35 carries, scored a touchdown on Monday Night Football. Remember that? That was awesome. Congrats to Tyson. He's uh, on the Colts now. Okay, NFL OTAs, organized team activities, if you didn't know, underway for many Cougars, including Zach Wilson, Fred Warner, Kyle Van Noy, and others. Good luck to the undrafted free agents uh, from BYU trying to make the team, and as well as Tyler Algier with the Atlanta Falcons, of course. Okay, Gideon George worked out for the Denver Nuggets yesterday, according to his Instagram story. I confirmed uh, with people close to Gideon and with BYU that he is still planning on coming back to BYU. He's just getting some feedback. He would have to declare for the NBA draft on April 8th if that were case. Were the case, Gideon's not a draft pick at this point. Perhaps if he has a monster super senior year, he could be. Baseball landed in Stockton, California today ahead of tomorrow's West Coast Conference Tournament. Cougars are the four seed and are playing LMU for a fourth straight game. If the Cougars win, they'll advance to the double elimination portion. If they lose, the season is over. So a big game tomorrow at 10 Eastern time on the BYU Radio app. Track and field, women's and men's track and field in Fayetteville, Arkansas, getting ready to compete in the NCAA preliminaries. The regionals beginning tomorrow. The men's start at two Eastern time. The women start Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern time. The men are ranked ninth. Women continue to fare extremely well as well. BYU tied with Texas Tech for number two nationally with 62 combined entries, incredible. Men's golf heads to Scottsdale today for the NCAA championship to play a practice round tomorrow, then Sunday's round on Thursday with the opening round on Friday because BYU does not play on Sunday. It is a unique situation, as we talked with Carson Lindale about last week. And Mason Moon is the MCLA, MCLA Player of the Year in men's lacrosse. That's the club circuit. All Americans as well include Seth Garth, defender Rob Richardson, and, of course, Mason Moon. Congratulations to Mason. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: What's Trending is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. We've been talking about 815 kickoffs for years now in independence and just kind of a thing that we've had to do as we bring in Spencer Linton. And Spencer, this has been a, a thing for BYU fans where, oh my gosh, it's so late. But we've had to deal with it, right? Now there's a quote from Tom Homo to the Oklahoman. And oh, by the way, coming off of some of the uh, spring meetings with the new Big 12, here's the quote. I get all kinds of complaints when we have another 8 or 8.15 kick time, but we're on TV nationally. And when we're on TV nationally on the big game, we want those games. That's one of our pillars. We want those exposures. We understand that could be a factor. Homo said he thinks it's unlikely every BYU home game will be late night as part of some Big 12 package. Now we have a quote, but we'll have more than our share because it's a valuable slot for the Big 12. So, are we okay? Are you okay with uh, 8 or 8.15 times in the Big 12? Totally
2: okay with this. And I think the Big 12 wants that time slot. Why not dominate the day? You can have the Big Noon kickoff if the Big 12 is involved in that. And then get to a one thirty kickoff, a 5 p.m. kickoff. Why not dominate the entire day? And there will be 14 teams as of now within the Big 12. So, You've got Oklahoma, you got Texas, you got Oklahoma State, all early during the day. And then why not have BYU in an 815 kickoff representing that late window? I don't want all of them, but I'm okay with a few of them because I understand how the business works. And the big like part of the Big 12 choosing BYU was, yeah, let's venture into a new time zone. Let's venture into that mountain time zone, that West Coast frame and be able to have Big 12 football be on all day. So I'm okay with it, as long as it's not every game. Just give me, like, one, maybe two 8-15 kickoffs. Other than that, it's probably too much, too many
1: late nights. The question is, are we okay with it? Yeah, I'm okay with it. I, I don't love it. I would prefer that they be earlier in the day, right? Um, you know, selfishly, as someone who, uh, you know, we have the honey-do list, and then the game's yeah, I can quant- I can kind of push that there. Depends. Do I have 9 a.m. church or not? That's the real question. I you, do. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm mostly kidding on that. But I I get that BYU understands, hey, if we want to be exposed at the highest level, we've got to go to that time sometimes. Because would you rather be on ESPN or ESPN two at 8 or 815 or on CBS Network at any time, right? It dep- I would rather be on ESPN than not be on ESPN or any ESPN, right? Um, I would almost rather be on ESPN, U sometimes than, than uh, like FS2 if it came to that or something. FS1 anytime. So it, it depends on exposure. Also, we can blame the Pilgrims for these issues, right? And the Pioneers to some degree. They came to the spot where it was least populated. In the Eastern Time Zone, 50% of the po- population lives there. And then it's a big chunk in the Central Time Zone, and then it's a and then it's a, a uh, you know significant portion in the West Coast, but it's not like the East Coast. Mountain Time Zone is the least populated time zone, so we've just we've just got to uh, tip our cap and go. It's okay. How picky do we want to be as a Western Power Five expansion team? Because we are in a unique time zone. We're new to the P5 game. We're new to this conference, right? I don't know that BYU can be that picky. In this situation, we just kind of have to take what the TV uh, slots are and, and deal with it. I'm, I'm with you. I'd prefer that they not be late, but it just kind of is what it is based on where we are in league and geographically. Yes.
2: Big 12 after dark is now a thing. <laughs> it's not <laughs> just, just, just do a Pac 12 thing. Do it. Big 12 after dark is now a thing. Can you imagine? I mean, think about the BYU Virginia game, the 66 49 shootout. Like, that's going to happen in the Big 12 with BYU. Texas I, I would think we'll have that comes in. once a year. <laughs> like I,
1: I'm not even kidding. Big 12 defenses aren't that great, right? And and the offenses are tremendous. And and we're used. To, yes, Big 12 after dark. It's fun. Like Hawaii has a niche because of their time zone. Boise State built its brand on winning first, but also winning in a unique time slot. Where guess what? Everyone's doing Friday night that isn't in Texas going to a high school football game. There there is a college football game or two that are on if you want. And that's a decent time slot. Let's be honest. Thursday night's a decent time slot, too. It sucks for preparation, uh, whether you're home or road. If you're road, it's terrible. Um, and, and there might be more Friday night games here. Remember, the Big 12 is going to lose Texas and Oklahoma. It's two biggest brands. The Big 12 is, is competing with the ACC and the Pac-12 for that number four spot in relevance in, in conference, right? Or maybe even three. Uh, obviously SEC, Big Ten, and then you're like, okay, what's the next one? So, yeah, third, not fourth. You, you almost have to – it's a TV show. Like, it's a TV show. You have to go to a slot that makes sense. And sports is the only true reality TV show left. Though fans of The Bachelor would argue it's that too. Um, but besides that, it's like, yeah, you got to watch live. So how picky can you be is the question, and I don't think BYU can be that picky.
2: My two favorite time slots for a college football kickoff time are 7 p.m. Eastern, 5 Mountain, and the 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain. There's nothing like Saturday afternoon football.
1: Yes, and we missed that because it was the whack, and it was like on in stakes. And if
2: you want the prime time, you want the early prime time slot, right? You want to start at 7 o'clock on the East Coast.
1: Yeah, 6 Six on is prime time. Sure, yeah. eight p.m. Eastern, 2-11, six mountain, that's your prime Mountain. Because
2: BYU is going to play Notre Dame in that eight Eastern slot, correct?
1: Like five, it's five thirty Mountain time. Okay, yeah. so yeah,
2: that's the perfect slot. That's my number one, and Great. then. The afternoon kickoff at 1.30 Mountain, 3.30 Eastern is second. Yeah, it's not ideal to start at 8.15, but it's part of the deal, and I do kind of like the idea of Big 12
1: after dark. It just is what it is. Uh, We just got to do it, which brings us to our stat of the day.
0: It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Since
1: 2011, so independent, 30 of BYU's 52 ESPN home games have started at 8 or 8.15. Wow. 58%.
2: I didn't realize it was that many.
1: I would, if I'm the Big 12, I put BYU in 8 or 8.15 in Provo, like, 3 or 4 out of 6. I, do, I just do. You want
2: to dominate
1: the day. You want to. You want that window. Because, listen, you've suddenly added East Coast teams as well. Right? Eastern time zone. Sorry, not East Coast. Eastern time zone.
2: Well, in the case of UCF, More than West it Virginia. is an Eastern Coast team.
1: Right? And Cincinnati? Yeah. <laughs> Cincinnati and is West Virginia in the Eastern time zone? I don't I think so. West Virginia is in the Eastern yeah. time zone. They're yeah.
2: just not on the coast. Yes. But close enough.
1: And it is our question of the day today.
2: Yeah. What is your optimal kick time for BYU home football games? I just told you mine. At Father's Chiming in Th- Jeremy. This is
1: great. I like this one. This is an early elite voice today, perhaps.
2: Early season when it's hot. Speaking of the weather, 8 p.m. kickoff. Love it. Fantastic. Love it. BYU took advantage of that last year. Mid-season when it's optimal weather, 5 p.m. start. Mm-hmm. And these are mountain times, yeah, local to BYU. Of course. Late season when it's cold, 1 p.m. afternoon kickoff.
1: Why is the BYU TV game at 1 every time? Because the team wants it there, and we go, yeah. Yeah. We're BYU TV. Well, we'll do it's in November. Yeah. Right? It's cold, yeah. We got lucky last year. It was, it was amazing weather. This year it's November 19th again, and it's, uh, it could be dicey.
2: Send in your responses, hashtag BYUSN. All right, Jerem, on to topic two. BYU, whether they're playing in the afternoon or late at night, they return 85% of the production from last year, second most in college football. We've talked about it a lot. We're very excited about what BYU brings back. South Florida BYU's home opener, sorry, opening game on the road in Tampa has the same number of returning production. Yet Vegas says right now this is a 12 and a half point win for BYU on the road. So with that number in mind, 85% of USF production back, are we somehow overlooking the USF Bulls in week 1?
1: No. They've been 3-18 the last two years under Jeff Scott, former OC from Clemson. No, Even with the
2: transfer quarterback they, from Baylor and they, Jerry Bohannon.
1: They doth stinketh to me. Uh, they were 100-plus ranked in 20 major categories, 29th worst offense, 8th-worth defense. Just because you return those guys doesn't mean they're going to get like, vastly better. Sure, you hope for improvement, but this was, this was a uh, game on paper that felt close and looks close from the box score, it wasn't close. BYU was up 21-0 in this game against USF. Had to ice the game away, but uh, no, it's, it's going to be all right. BYU's going to dominate this game. BYU's too good to, it, like, will it be closer than we think or something? I don't really care. BYU's going to win this game and then uh, have Baylor at home. No.
2: Well, the 88% of the offense returning for USF, how does that factor in if – they're starting Jerry Bohannon at quarterback because he wasn't part of the USF offense last year. So does that go away if he becomes the starter then?
1: Well, the maybe the starter, well, it was uh, Timmy, what's his bucket? Timmy, Timmy. Scott? Uh, no. McClain. Timmy McClain. He's still back, so he's part of that 88%. But, uh, yeah, no, they sink, man. They're terrible. So you're not worried in the least no, not about one the production the USF
2: brings back? <laughs> I'm a little bit concerned because BYU has been—it's been weird for BYU in the state of Florida. I don't know why. It wasn't weird the last time? Boca Raton. You're right. It took BYU Sports Nation and Jerem Jordan being at the Boca it Raton was, Bowl. To
1: oh, Dylan Gabriel, to such a great out. quarterback.
2: That guy's like five ten, man. Come on. I'm I'm dealing with a little bit of PTSD with what has happened to BYU in, the, in that tw- state. UCF 2014? 2014, USF 2019. BYU lost to a 4-8 and USF team with Jaron Hall in his first start
1: yeah. three years ago. Is this Jaron Hall's first start? No, it's not. He's start. a
2: totally different quarterback. BYU is a totally different team. Way better, way more improved, way more senior Is BYU heavy.
1: coming off of four brutal P5s and then at Toledo? Nope. No. They're not. No, no.
2: Totally exactly. fair points. Exactly.
1: Totally fair points. Th- this, yeah, this is why I'm not concerned.
2: So maybe it's PTGD, post-traumatic game disorder. Game disorder. Yeah, this is a new one. Or post-traumatic Florida disorder.
1: <laughs> a Florida man was arrested for a random weird thing with an alligator again. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, a,
2: I'm, a little, I'm a little worried, but not too worried. I still think BYU is going to win by two scores. Like that, That's going to happen. 20 years ago. Let's go. We'll find out what that final score is in how many days?
0: Countdown to the Bulls.
2: One hundred two. We're approaching one hundred days like away that. from game number one. I like
1: that a lot. How how come the Bulls mascot and sort of vibe is way cooler than Utah State's, despite being know. the same thing? I don't know why. Why is that? <laughs> I think it's because they have gold and green. I think it's. I think it's when I hear Aggie, I think of Texas A and M. Yeah, it's agricultural and mining A and Yeah.
2: Now of note, Baylor, out of all the teams that BYU plays this year, yep. they bring back just forty-seven percent of their production from last year's Sugar Bowl champion and Big Twelve champion team.
1: Strike, or, strike.
2: One hundred twenty-second out of one hundred thirty teams.
1: A reminder that BYU had the like second fewest amount of production, and, coming and they were back still off. Awesome. You're year right, and, yeah, so yeah. Coming up, could Zach Wilson? be a Super Bowl starting quarterback this season. One notable name, thanks.
2: And we continue the preview of the new Big 12 with Houston Cougars play-by-play voice Kevin Eschenfelder. He joins the show next on BYU Sports
0: Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans
1: everywhere. What's better than playing LMU three times? How about four as the two-tangle as the 4-5 matchup in the West Coast Conference Tournament tomorrow night in Stockton, 10 p.m. Eastern time. You can listen to it on BYU Radio. Cooks have to win to get into the double elimination portion. They lose season over, so a huge game tomorrow night.
2: Just win. <laughs> Hopefully BYU's in Stockton for a long time, Jerem.
1: But not that long, let's be honest.
2: (laughs) We're live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now over Zoom is the play-by-play specialist for the University of Houston Cougars. His name is Kevin Eschenfelder, making his return to BYUSN. Kevin, welcome to the show.
3: Ah, uh, thank you very much, North Carolina A and T. Another set of Aggies that you guys uh, need to know about there. How about so, that one?
1: So many agricultural uh, <laughs> places from you know the nineteen hundreds that have uh, phased that out or not. Yeah, there's yeah numerous Aggies, which is fun.
2: Kevin, we're obviously stoked out of our minds about BYU and Houston and UCF and Cincinnati being invited to the new Big 12. We think for the next two years it's going to be 14 teams with Texas and Oklahoma still in.
1: Well, that well, that's a question we got to ask. you. when's Houston coming into the league, man? We've been hearing it sooner. You got a buyout in the ACC. Wait, what's or uh, AAC? What's what's the situation currently?
3: you know, I would love to give you a definitive answer. I talked with Chris Pesman when I when you guys called me yesterday. I just wanted to kind of get the latest on what's going on. And there's really nothing they can say yet with all of the the lawyers involved and everything else. But uh, I I think they are hoping... They are hoping nothing official that that'll happen uh, for the 2023 season, I think, is the uh is the hope for Cougar fans. That's not anything I've heard from, from U of H officially, obviously, but uh, you know, it's going to be up in the air, they're going to see how it plays out. Uh, I think you know, both sides are going to probably try to do what's best for them, uh, for their side, which would be you know, the universities leaving the American Conference and obviously the American Conference. But as far as knowing about buyouts and and uh, how that's going to play out, uh, I guess that's just going to be a, a wait and see. But I, I do get the feeling that we will get an answer uh, sooner than later. It's going to be coming in the not-too-distant future. Kevin, and is it as simple
2: as just paying $17 million, or what are the other super-detailed complications involved in, besides just the money? Again I, I
3: I would love to be able to give you all these. I really don't know. I mean those are those are handled at such a high level and, and you got to be careful when somebody does tell you you got to be careful what you say because is it something that's uh, that's told to you in confidence? I, I I don't know exactly how it's going to play out. I, I know that it, that they' everybody's going to be trying to to work out you know a situation where they have to, to pay the least amount of money or make the most amount of money. Uh, on their way out. And it comes back down to that. Doesn't it always guys uh, is, is, is money. And uh, you know, the American conference, they don't, they don't want to have to lose their, their best teams anytime sooner than than they're going to. And uh, even though they know it's inevitable. So we'll see how it plays out.
1: If there's no buyout to get in early is the first year mm-hmm. 25 at this point.
3: I don't think, I, I think it could happen before that. That's just one person's opinion. I think it could happen before that.
1: Um, I think that's what uh, I
3: think that's what everybody hopes will happen. Before that, uh, but man, the twists and turns that that come with you know what's going to happen with the, with the teams that are the existing teams that are in the Big 12 right now. Uh, what's going to happen with the teams that are coming in. I, I'm just excited about the fact that, that, that the big 12, not only is Houston getting in, but they're getting in with such, such good programs. I mean, UCF is a, is a, uh, a sleeping giant that, that we saw awaken a few years ago, you know, Cincinnati, uh, I'm telling you it's what Cincinnati had nine guys go in the NFL draft. I think only Ohio state had more people drafted. BYU is BYU, uh, you know, a, a program that's, that's right there every single year And Houston, I think is a program definitely on the common. And, and uh, so I, I just think it's going to be, from a football standpoint, from a basketball standpoint, I mean, it's going to be a big step in the right direction as far as the Big 12 is concerned.
2: Kevin Eschenfelder is with us on BYU Sports Nation. When you look at the new Big 12, whenever that happens and whenever it comes to fruition, are you in favor of divisions or are you more about, hey, give me pods, we'll figure it out, and just the two best teams playing the conference championship game? I go
3: for that. I will say, I I like the fact that, you know, they've got to think about when you think about the pods. you got to think about obviously, uh, you know, regionalizing this, but uh, now you start looking at the adding teams from, from, from Orlando and adding a team from, from Provo, Utah, all of a sudden that region becomes a whole lot bigger. So uh, I don't know how they're going to play that out. I I have a feeling to, to, They're going to probably have those pods, have those uh, divisions is probably the way that it will play out. But, uh, you know, time will tell. Uh, Certainly, you you know, you got to think we think about football. We think about basketball. But, you know, there's the other sports as well that uh, they're going to probably try to do their best to save money on as far as travel is concerned. So we'll see how how that goes.
1: The divisions thing is really interesting because with the NCAA Mm -hmm. saying we're going we're not going to determine how you determine your championship game matchups. Pac-12 has already said, oh, we're just going to go with the top two teams. It's like, well, what's the point of divisions at all? It's just a scheduling construct at this point. Uh, and we've been looking forward to, well, what division will BYU be in? What teams are they in? What natural sort of rivalries start to start up uh, in the Big 12? I don't even know if we'll get that. Uh, you know, we don't know. And we're supposed to get uh, in five months the Big 12 schedule for next year. Is Houston? it is Cincinnati? There's still a lot to figure out here.
3: Uh, that's that's all the moving parts and when you start thinking about this from an administration standpoint an athletic administration standpoint you start thinking about it uh i mean they got schedules to do i mean kansas is on houston's schedule the next two years as a non-conference football team a football opponent so you know how does that play out is that you lose a non-conference game if you're Houston, because all of a sudden that becomes a conference game in a couple of years. Uh, yeah, they got a lot of moving parts, and, and uh, you know, so not only that, if you if you lose a game, now all of a sudden you're having to add a non-conference game on a on a, on short notice. And and then we saw if there's anything we learned from COVID is that five years but you know these schedules are set five years down the road and that's a bunch of hooey because let's face it we had we had situations where they were game, game scheduled in you know six days in advance and i was thinking wait what happened to the uh, these schedules are set for half a decade we can't do that until the 2034 know, you know so anyway uh, they kind of they kind of blew that argument out of the water but uh now it, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out how uh, you know, are you going to be paying teams to, to buy them out and not be on your schedule anymore? You're going to have to be adding teams late. So, yeah, it's 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 another one of those. And, and, and I hate to keep saying we're going to see how it plays out. But I think we're just in such uncharted territories because of the unknown. And I think you can say the same thing for Cincinnati, UCF, uh, BYU and Houston, all four of those
1: schools. BYU scheduled Coastal Carolina on a Wednesday. I'm hoping they can do that's it again. Exa- but that's but, but not tell right them there. until Wednesday. <laughs> okay. just just so they have well, to drive their truck all the way across the country
3: well houston had a uh had a game canceled against memphis and they added baylor which a, you don't they don't know baylor's about waco is about three and a half hours north of houston uh and, and in texas term that's really close uh so we were going to Baylor. I was going. The, the guys from the radio team. We were all getting in the car, getting ready to go on Friday, and we got a text message. The color guy goes, "Hey, game's been called." I was like, "What? There's no way. We're, they play tomorrow." Yep, they. Been, uh, Baylor canceled the game. So I mean, it just goes to show you they scheduled it in yeah. about five days. About five days notice. Uh, the AD called me on Sunday and said, "Hey, be ready to do a game next week." I, I'll, I'll tell you. He told me where it was going to be. But don't tell anybody. So if you want to start getting ready for Baylor, get ready for Baylor, because I think we're going to play there on Saturday. And then find out <laughs> on Friday afternoon, we already had the rental car, <laughs> and uh, boom, game gets uh, gets. Wow.
2: Kevin Eschenfelder, the Houston play-by-play man, is on BYU Sports Nation. If you had to pick rivals for Houston in the new Big 12, what teams are those? What What teams are natural rivals for Houston?
3: Well, I think the natural rival in, in, you know, the Southwest Conference rivalries that that overlap. I know that's been 30 years since there was a Southwest Conference, but uh, it's still fresh on the minds of a lot of people in this part of the country. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, first game, first Southwest Conference game the uh, Cougars ever played was against Baylor. And as I said, Waco's about three and a half hours. As far as everybody else is concerned, uh, you know, you, you Texas Tech and maybe closer to Provo than it is Houston. I mean, it's way out in West Texas, and it's it's quite a ways away, as far as geographical is concerned. But you know, uh, Cougars have had some good runs with uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, so you know, hey, I don't see anything natural right now. I will say this: that I, I was a part doing doing basketball games on television of, of Southwest Conference at the end of the Southwest Conference, and also. the big 12 started and you know that the big eight did not like a lot of the people that came in from the southwest conference and they in fact they called it and they may not admit to this but they called it the big eight and the poor we hate that made up the big 12 (laughs) and uh that's 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 true story uh but anyway i mean it was it was that mentality so I, i think there may be a kinship that you're going to see even though maybe not geographically but uh psychologically uh, with the fan bases, with, with the student bodies that uh, of BYU, uh, the four teams coming in, because I think there's going to be a, uh, for at least for the, for the first half decade, maybe there's going to be a us against them and it, and everybody else is going to be thinking there's it's, it's us against them. And so, uh, yeah, I think there's probably be a, maybe a little bit of a rivalry that, that grows uh, and a kinship that grows between BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston.
1: Okay, before the show, we have a pre-production meeting, and we scratch out a couple of questions so graphics can make some lower thirds and get some b-roll, and whatnot. And what's the word I used with BYU and Houston that I wanted to ask Kevin about? Kinship. Absolutely. You just brought it up. Let me let me say what. Tell you why I think there's also a kinship between these two schools. Obviously, Cougars. Duh. One Heisman Trophy winner from both teams, from back-to-back years: '89 Andre Ware, '90 Ty Demmer. New entrance to the big club. Also a Texan.
3: Also a Texan. Yeah. also a Texan. Absolutely. Thank you,
1: San Antonio and uh recent recent games played there is a kinship. did we just become (laughs) best friends kevin (laughs) i
3: I think so i think so (laughs) uh yeah i i do see that and and i think there's a mutual respect between between the schools uh obviously that you know and and they have played it's what has they played is it three times in the last you know 10 years so three or four times in the last 10 years so yeah uh you know Provo is a great place to go play. It's a it's a great atmosphere for college athletics, whether it's basketball or football. Uh, you know, I think uh, there is a there is a huge BYU event everywhere. That goes without saying, but but especially here in Houston. And I know I saw that when they played at, at TDCU Stadium a couple of years ago. You saw a lot of people uh, in BYU blue, and uh, so yeah, I, I think there's there yeah there's there's ties between the two. And I, like I said, Ty Detman. We
1: got to get Gifford Nielsen to a game then, you know, a long time Houston
3: guy, right? How about about Giff? Yeah. Oh yeah. I know Giff very well. Giff was here for, for a long time. Number 14, uh, (laughs) Dan Pastorini was the starter. He was the backup. And then he came in. Uh, One of the, one of the biggest uh, playoff wins in in Houston Oilers history. Giff Nielsen was quarterback. Uh, Earl Campbell was hurt and Dan Pastorini was hurt. And they went to San Diego and and beat Dan Fouts and the, and the uh, San Diego chargers with Giff Nielsen at quarterback.
2: Fantastic stuff from Kevin Eschenfeld of the Houston play-by-play man. We know that there's work to do on the BYU side, certainly on the Houston side, UCF and Cincinnati, as we make preparations for the Big 12. Cannot wait until we get that first game against the Cougars in red within the current or the new constitution of the Big 12.
3: Looking forward to it, guys. And, uh, you know, okay, it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be a blast. And I think adding, you're adding a lot of quality programs to that Big 12. And, uh, man, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Kevin, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you again soon. Always a pleasure, fellas. Anytime.
2: Kevin Eschenfelder, play-by-play man for the Houston Cougars.
1: His background is better than anyone else's I've ever seen. Did you see what was in the background? Uh, yeah. Hank Aaron, Jeff Bagwell, yeah. Craig Biggio, Kim uh, Elijah Wan. and that's just what I noticed. I was be- we were busy doing an interview. Yeah, that's so, that's the retro elite backdrop. And we saw that in twenty twenty when we had him on the show prior to the uh, the matchup there, but oh my gosh. No, it's gonna be great. Um I, I like those I like those homies, right? It's like you got nervous on a mission when you're like, dude, who's my companion gonna be? Who's in my district? Who's my zone? I like the people that are coming in. I think it's gonna be fun, man. BYU. Okay, coming up. What's your optimal football kickoff time? What do you like?
2: And which BYU tradition would you protect? At all costs. Mm. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk. Enabling global trade for a growing world.
2: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. And this is BYUSN. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, follow us on all of the major social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Shall we whip it? We shall. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marist, your integrated container logistics company enabling global
1: trade for a growing world. Spender, Jaron Hall was not included in the 24-7 top 20 quarterback list. Where will he rank at the end of the season?
2: Uh, he will rank as a projected first to third round draft pick, Jaron. <laughs> we
1: hope so. I think that matters most.
2: I have no idea. If he's a projected first to third rounder, then he certainly will be in the top 20. Yeah. I'd probably put him somewhere around 10 to 12.
1: Yeah, and this list can have uh, dudes that are not going to be third-year guys, so they're not draft-eligible. Certainly, right? And it and it has a couple of those. Um, he'll be in the top 20 by the end of the year. Like, be why is as sure. good as we think on offense, and if Jaron Hall is healthy and as good as we think he is on it, yeah, yeah. top 20 is not a stretch at all. If, he, if he's, Wait, a- I understand why he's not on this list, though. You, it's hard to throw for sub-3,000 yards and be on this list. Like, he was just hurt a couple of games, right, and it, it, he didn't get to 3,000, which isn't a huge number. That's 260 a game over 13. So he, he'll be on that list because if he's healthy, he's going to throw for, like, 3,300.
2: Yeah, and if he continues to protect the ball the way he has, he threw so, 20 touchdown passes and only five interceptions.
1: That's the key, and I talked about that yesterday with David. We can't assume that's just going to happen again. Like, that was incredible. He needs to work hard to do that again.
2: It still hurts to see Dylan Gabriel and Grayson McCall about the like, Gabriel's Hall.
1: incredibly overrated on this list. Like <laughs> number four. What? No. Like he's a good four. quarterback, but he's like 19 or like, something. Do you trust
2: Jaron Hall as much as you trust Dylan Gabriel? Like if Jaron Hall went to Oklahoma, like I think he would probably be better than Dylan Gabriel. Dylan in Gabriel
1: looked like a JV quarterback in the boat, Richard. He did. Go back and watch.
2: On to the next. Chris Collinsworth, speaking of BYU quarterbacks.
1: And former basketball players.
2: Says he thinks former BYU quarterback Zach Wilson and the New York Jets could make a, quote, Bengals-type leap this year. you expect to see Zach Wilson in the playoffs
1: this season? I don't expect it. Certainly hope it. Want the best for Zach? Want that leap? That'd That'd be probably a year ahead of schedule for the Jets, honestly. Like, if they're competing for a playoff spot this year, that's probably where they need it.
2: I am expecting anywhere from, uh, at the top, probably nine wins. Like, they're, in, they're, in, in, on a they're in the six schedule. to nine
1: range for me. Okay, Nine probably doesn't get you in. in six, seven, somewhere between, maybe.
2: maybe seven. It's like, I think there's enough talent on that New York Jets squad and Zach Wilson in year number two. They're, they're probably on the seven to nine wins this season spectrum for me.
1: This is not an indictment on Zach. I don't believe in the Jets, period. Like, his Seven to nine
2: wins for the Jets would be a major step forward.
1: Well, seven's. Plus three games, yeah. They they only the get so good in the draft. Like, all right, then go compete for a playoff spot. Let's go.
2: Can you be 9 and 8? Let me play 17 games. There? Can you be over 500?
1: Then maybe if the league's bad, maybe you make a playoff. Elijah Bryant said the following after winning the EuroLeague Championship with Anadolu Efes in Turkey. I cried for both of them, actually, but I cried a little bit more for this one. There are a lot of emotions involved. I had a bigger contribution in this one, but it's rare, man. I'm super grateful. Yeah. Would you rather ride the bench as an NBA champion or be a contributor on a EuroLeague champion? I... He did both. Yeah. He, which is, uh, that, which is that's awesome. That's the beauty of First player in basketball he history... He got to experience you, both. ...to win back-to-back.
2: But if I had to pick one... And I think it'd be fun to play in the EuroLeague, tour Europe, and be a contributor on that team, win that championship. Like, you always want to feel like you were an immediate part of something. Like, Elijah's time with the Bucks was so short. Like, it's it's hard to feel like, yeah, I was a major contributor in this NBA championship. I know it's practice and all that stuff, but he was a significant contributor for this EuroLeague championship. So I would probably opt for that just because it, you feel like you were – an actual part of something.
1: Both are awesome. It'd be NBA for me because that's the top of the basketball mountain. That'd be pretty cool. Even if you don't play. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I'd rather be a role player on a college football national championship team or a Super Bowl winning champ, although I didn't play my Super Bowl, baby. Let's go. Let's go.
2: Okay. The University of Nebraska has announced that it will do away with a 50-year tradition of releasing balloons after their first touchdown of the game Due to a, this is serious, worldwide helium shortage. Which,
1: by the way, we learned that Russia has a bunch of the helium. That's the issue. R- R-
2: Russia's <laughs> shutting everything down. <laughs> Dang it. Which BYU tradition would you most hate to see
1: go? There are a lot of ones I'd hate to see go. Cougar tails is number one. If cougar tails just suddenly went away, they're like, you know what? We ran out of it. <laughs> we can't do it again. That would be terrible. We can't terrible. the
2: maple like, like frosting.
1: Ver- Vermont suddenly shuts down as no trees or something. They all get felled. I don't. <laughs> that would stink. Cosmo, like Cosmo. That's for
2: me. That's the one for me. Cosmo went like away. If Cosmo, Cosmo, went, away, if Cosmo yeah. went away, that would crush me. I love Cosmo so much. Like,
1: like I, can, I feel like Cosmo is part of my family. I really do.
2: can he be considered he, a tradition? Can a mascot yeah. be a tradition? Yeah, I think so too. I'm, and so for me, like. I love yes. Cougar tails and I love Maple Donuts, but if Cosmo went away,
1: that be would tough. be crushing. The other one is lo- like uh, beating the Pac-12. Like if BYU stopped doing that, that would also crush me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Clip go, that off. Go see the send video. Send it out. Go see the video. <laughs> Clip it off and send it out. Jerem, rest in peace for your mentions today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Most of those Utes are already muted. <laughs> Big Game Boomer ranks BYU's alternate uniforms fits best in the nation, saying BYU does blue right. Is there a way the Cougars can find a way to do tan right? Yes. Not even possible.
2: There is a way. In fact, we showed you on April Fool's Day. There, There is a way. For BYU to do tan the right way, and it is on the far right side of the screen for those watching on TV. It is the navy uniform.
1: Oh, you're not even doing the one on the left. No, you don't want. No, I don't, don't want. No, you That's, want tan as yeah, an accent. Color. I want
2: tan as an accent, okay. but in dark navy. So tan numbers, tan decals, but full navy uniform. Like I think that is sharp. That is a sharp look. If you're gonna do navy, that's the only way that BYU should and can do it.
1: I've looked. uh, To me, it looks like there was some uh, bleeding from the washer (laughs) that that went over. Now in the dryer, you're like, ah, crap. On the left one? No, on the right. Light brown? No, on the right. (laughs) No, the one, the one that's uh, tan on the left ain't bad, honestly, because it's close to gold. That's why. Uh. Like straight tan, homie. Let's do a tan bib and just have the worst uniform ever.
2: Would you buy a bib if they brought it back for one game? It was like, no, would you buy I would that ask jersey? To
1: get it free. I because would, I'm cheap. Okay,
2: you would attempt to get it though, right? Because it would be just it would because be it's so an much, abomination. So much nostalgia. It's a collector's item. It. I- no, yes, it's a collector's item.
1: Not nostalgia. I hate it. I have negative nostalgia. I guess. Really, for Rob sure. Morris. Yeah, I friggin' hate those ones. They're terrible. <laughs> we look like idiots. Kevin Federick? Nike Nike has done us so well. They did us dirty on that one. They, everything Margin else, hooks? Everything else has been amazing, but those unities.
2: There were some great players that played in the bibs.
1: <laughs> I didn't say there weren't great players. I said the bib sucked. If I give it
2: to a baby. But you know fans would be all over it if they'd release it for one game. Like, oh, the bib game. I'm,
1: yeah, let's go. They wouldn't be, yeah. They'd be like, ugh.
2: Kyle Van Noy was successful in the TikTok duct tape challenge, Jerem, because that's what we're doing these yeah, days. That, TikTok they, they tie duct your wrist tape and then challenges. Then you, you wrap escape. up your wrist, you, you got to break it. Are right. you impressed that Kyle was strong enough to break the duct tape around his wrists?
1: No, I'm not impressed because Kyle's an NFL player. He's super strong. I'm also not impressed by, uh, you know, like like when Kyle Collinsworth works out, he's a pro athlete. He should be in great shape. He's in amazing shape. He's a good motivator, but your job is to be strong. My job is to talk. I don't have to be strong with my wrists. He was
2: excited, you know, and I think the excitement is is merited. Yeah, I'm I'm impressed. It's tough to break your wrist with with duct tape.
1: I'm not even actually mad. I'm not even mad. I'm actually impressed. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. That's good. I, I appreciate it. Pro athlete the, does something to do with strength. I appreciate Shocking.
2: the genuine excitement he has after probably the most yeah, in that video. Yeah, that's fun.
1: But, yeah, when someone who is strong does something that requires strength, I go, oh, cool. Mark Pope responds to Colin Chandler's tweet about Pope growing his hair out with the following. Kruger Nation, help me out. What haircut will Colin Chandler be rocking when he's tearing up the Big 12? Hey, a few of these are <laughs> rough. Uh, which hairstyle are you liking the most? <laughs> Chandler, uh,
2: I listen. I like the Justin Timberlake curly frock. I'm all about it. Like Colin's hair, throwing it back to in sync in like the year 2000 when Justin
1: was. What you're saying JT. His regular hair. His then regular hair. I, I right. like his that's regular. That's what his hair, hair is I th- now. I
2: think that's what it should be and what it's going to be. I like it. That was peak JT. Also peak Britney Spears. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Uh, if the one on the left actually happens. Did BYU go to the no, Big West or something? No, like, no, did, something, no. did something happen?
2: It's funny. The one on the left will never happen. Yeah, I Please.
1: Wanna, who's Mark Pope's Photoshop? <laughs> Coming up today's Rise and Shout Out <laughs> to crappy Photoshop.
2: And they're not in the afternoon anymore. Do you want games in the afternoon?
1: This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: For Cougar sports game highlights, interviews, archive content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports and BYU Sports Nation channels today.
2: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live in Studio B, our question of the day. What is your optimal kick time for BYU football home games? At Jazz Suns Which tweets team do you in, like? you should schedule the game's Versus West Virginia, as late as possible in Provo, so it's like playing at midnight
1: for them. True. That happened to Virginia. Yeah. As Virginia was in this break. experience yeah.
2: last year. Yeah, You know, he says, West Virginia, Cincinnati, UCF, all Eastern time zones will want noon starts, so it's like playing BYU at 10 a.m. Fair game.
1: Yeah, 10 a.m. Uh, has not fared well for BYU traditionally as well. I'm thinking Michigan 2015, although Michigan was really good. I don't know that it had much to do with the time of day. But BYU didn't go out early enough to accommodate in that. Bronco admitted that after the fact. Like a like a Saturday noon game, you probably need to get there on Thursday, not Friday, to have that whole day kind of get the body ready to go. Like, d- depends. So that might affect the budget, you know. But BYU will <laughs> have a bunch more money. Coming, All right, coming up, coming up soon.
2: Steve Webb on Facebook says, I don't care when they kick off as long as BYU wins. A win over Utah that kicks off at 8.30 p.m. feels just as wonderful as beating the Utes at noon or any other time.
1: You know what is unique about, and that's a good point, but you know what's unique about this situation is BYU fans watching all over the world, literally all over the world, the time matters. Like in foreign countries where they're like, it's like stupid a.m. o'clock. And I have church or whatever, or I'm watching in church, depending on where you are, right? Oh,
2: uh, we—I have a good friend in <laughs> Tokyo. Shout yeah. out to Koryo yeah, who was watching BYU football games early on Sunday mornings because of the time differential.
1: So the time matters, obviously. Living like, uh, you know, in in Asia, it's going to be unique no matter what. <laughs> but it'd be it'd be nice if, for the domestic fans uh, at a certain time. But I, I, again. It's fun to think about what would be the ideal time. Ultimately, BYU is a uh, newcomer in a unique time zone. It just kind of is what it is. Uh, we'll just have to. It's not like BYU has any leverage in this conversation whatsoever. And it's not just with the league, it's with the TV partners. BYU's coming. Like before, BYU could talk to ESPN and be like, hey, could we do this? Could we do this? And even then, when BYU was the only team in its TV contract, it was still like, yeah, 8 15. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, even less leverage in this situation.
2: I've always wondered what it would be like to be in Tokyo on a Sunday because it's nine hours back and a day ahead. So, if BYU football kicks off at
1: 8.15 p.m. You're in the future.
2: It's 11.15 in the morning yeah. on Sunday.
1: Hopefully you have 9 a.m., sure. <laughs> and then at 11, hey, hang, on a,
2: hang on a second, you're Bishop. Good. Hang on a second. BYU's on the two-yard line.
1: Let me, <laughs> let me admit to something that I'm not proud <laughs> of.
2: Are you sure you want to do this? I am.
1: Okay. When Tiger Woods was w- about <laughs> to win the Masters, I had an AirPod in in Sacramento. Cuz I was like, dude, this is too good. This is too good. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm not going to say which part of Sacramento. <laughs> but it was awesome. Oh. I'm not doing that on the reg with like the Seahawks though. Technology. You know? Technology. What time do we have church right now? 10:30. 10:30 is the celestial time for church. Maybe even 11. Nine is terrestrial, and then like t- noon is like celestial for sure. And then if you have anything later than that, outer darkness. Yeah. Oh my goodness! So <laughs> it works.
2: At Chachi on Twitter. <laughs> thanks for. I, am thanks I, I to supposed to? It. I'm supposed to think, read it that way, I right? I think that's correct. That's what it's. That's what I felt when I saw that Twitter handle, Chachi. Because <laughs> there's a bunch of E's. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to quote Chachi on Twitter. Big eight PM start guy. Okay. Do everything you want to, need to during the day yes. on Saturday. Yes. Then cap it off at Lavelle Edwards Stadium when the beautiful sun is setting and the vibes are immaculate.
1: Okay, you and I aren't in the uh, take your old family to the game game because we work with the game. So it's hard with little kids if it's too late. You can't like my three year old Tate, I can't take him to the game. I could take Venna. She's nine today, by the way. Um, that's but, rough because you're getting yeah, home at like 1am it's, it's hard yes and then we party hard you know it's like a 3 or 4am thing after you know just swatchos as far as the eye can see and then we go home and it's like Tuesday I'm like finally recovered from that situation so yeah I, I get it but you can get everything done during the day you know what I mean Get all the honey-do list done. Get a, whatever you need to do, the soccer games in the morning, The whatever. Basketball, let's Listen, go. Listen,
2: don't worry about it. cha chi, cha just, just do it.
1: <laughs> Coming up,
2: more from <laughs> cha Chi, <laughs> maybe,
1: in the elite voice of the day.
2: Plus, Top 5 Tuesday presents the top five first-year performances by BYU head coaches. Okay.
0: This is BYU Sports Nation. This Cha-ching! portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
2: BYU Sports Nation always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU
1: Radio apps. to Staley. Oh, little Tan accent there. That was a good moment, right? Yeah, it was a great moment. It's great. Sub- uh, subscribe to the podcast too. You can rate it if you want.
2: Tan accents are the key there. In honor of BYU hiring a new women's basketball head coach, it's time that we look back at the top five first-year performances by new BYU head coaches. Okay. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Hopefully, Amber Whiting has an unforgettable first year. That'd
1: be great. Number five, Gary Croton, football 2001. BYU went 6-6 six six in the Lavelles last year. So Croton... Starts out, Doman and Staley, 12 0 start, 7 0 conference record, first top 25 finish in five years, 12 2 overall. Luke Staley won the doke. The Dominator, we got some free notebooks. Eventually, there was a basketball hoop made. 2001 was awesome, man. It was awesome. <laughs> the comeback against Utah, incredible.
2: At number four, Diljeet Taylor, hired in 2016 as an assistant coach for the women's cross country team. Coach Taylor took over the women as head coach in 2021 that year. Women's cross-country team never finished lower than third in any of their six competitions, won three of them, including the West Coast Conference Championships. It would go on to finish second at the NCAA Championships, where senior
1: Whitney Orton became the first-ever woman individual national champion from BYU. Pretty cool. That was last fall. Feels like a long time ago. No, 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 that's a couple months ago. Number three, Mark Pope, Men's Hoops, 2019-20. Cougars didn't make a postseason tournament the year before. Pope takes over from U of U, gets the only child come back, Jake Toulson come back. BYU goes 24 and 8, beat number two Gonzaga at home, finished in the AP top 25 before COVID hit, projected sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. It was a special season, which honestly we're trying to get back to that kind of year. That's like a golden, amazing year that BYU can use as an example of what is possible.
2: At number two, Courtney Leishman became the head coach of BYU women's basketball in 1977, and he led the team to a 22-6 record, 13-0 in conference, both program records at the time. Again, this is his first year. Cougars went on to win their regional tournament, beating Utah 60-58 to in the final game, then finished 1-1 and in the AIAW national tournament, finishing third in their region. Again, this is before the women had a true March Madness bracket.
1: Yeah, it wasn't all organized like it was now. Unbelievable season. Don't ever tell us we don't research, okay? 77, Courtney Leishman, number two. Let's go. And number one, we're squeezing these together. Heather and Sean Olmstead. The Olmstead siblings took over their respective teams in the summer of 2015. Heather led the Cougars, women's volleyball team, to a 29-5 record WCC title. Sweet 16. Sean's men's volleyball team with 27-4 won the MPSF and went to the NCAA title game. Tremendous stuff, and they're still going.
2: Oh, Incredible, incredible run. A great year. Did we beat the system by doing both of the Olmsteads? Probably. We
1: did, but we declare how the system works on our show.
2: Our question of the day. What is your optimal kick time for BYU football home games? Sundays at 4. <laughs> our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. This is good. From at Kugmac, is good. Who responds with just simply a picture of Zach Wilson with a headband.
1: Any team... <laughs> Any time, any place. How do you feel about the headband in the aftermath of Coastal Carolina? Because I'm kind of like, oh, I loved it at the time. It was fun because it was like anti-Washington rhetoric because they didn't want to play that game. But then midweek, Coastal.
2: I'm okay because it, it doesn't like it says we will play, we will play any team, anytime, any place. And BYU was willing to do that with Coastal Carolina, so I feel they like they lived, they lived up to the headband.
1: I would just would have prefer to win in that game
2: for sure. Yeah, for sure, it made it feel better. But like. The concept was played out.
1: Yes, it was. Yeah. And BYU didn't l- really lose respect for losing that game. No. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it, crazy. It, well,
2: listen, you take a game like that on three days, people, Aggressive. people value
1: you. Aggressive. It's Rise
2: and Shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. But we give it to Mark Pope's Photoshop skills. Really? That was <laughs> terrible. Our thanks to today's guest, Kevin Eschenfelder. Get out of here.
1: I wish we had time for Dennis instead of that Photoshop. Jeez. You take Dennis
2: over that? For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Dustin Reichert. Go Cougs.